Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colo. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from my next guest today, Debbie Thompson. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Oh, I am very excited just for our conversation today. And um, Debbie has been with crew. We've, we haven't really known each other, but I'm excited just because I've heard your name and your husband's name for years as you all have led just the charge in Eastern Europe. And I'm very excited just to hear more about the backstory of all that, but especially about who you are and your strengths and what all that has looked like in your life. So I would love you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you live and what you do. Well, thank you. And you know, I look back to that day in June, Barbara, I think when this conversation began, Larry and I were journeying to celebrate our um, 50th anniversary. And all of a sudden, an email came in from you. And it just put a real a joy in my heart to think maybe one day we could meet and you and I could engage and talk together about the life that we lead, you and I together, and, mm-hmm. and the joy of serving one who is so worth our worship. Uh, as I look back on my life, yes, I came to Christ as a little girl in a small country church in an agrarian society where going to church was so important. And yet, I particularly remember one night as a little third grade girl when the only missions conference that this church ever had took place. And I sat in the back Mm. and listened to this woman talk about what it was like to be a missionary in Africa. And at the end of that service, I remember standing in line and waiting to talk to her, to meet her. And I did. And I looked up in her face and I said, ma'am, I think that tonight you were talking to me. And her immediate response was, honey, let it be known, honey, let it be known. Now, Barbara, I don't even know her name. Mm. I haven't heard from her since. That church, to my knowledge, has not again had a missions conference. Wow. But that one night in the life of this one little girl made a huge difference. So I reach back to that as a beginning uh, to share with you. But then for, for a number of years, honestly, my relationship with God was described by one word, and that was fear. I was so afraid that if I did release my life to him, he would send me to Africa as a missionary. Oh. Oh. And so God and I had a definite relationship. I knew <laughs> I was going to heaven when I died, and I knew I wanted him incorporated into who I was as a human here on earth. But I was just, I mean, it was almost like spiritual panic attacks that I thought if I release my life to him, he will do me in. Hmm. But do you know what happened? I went to university. I met a group of students who had a smile on their face, a song in their heart, and a spring in their step. And they were marching to the beat of a different drum. 
and I joined their ranks. And at the end of a Josh retreat one weekend, it dawned on me that God really loved me and I really could trust him. And so I found the only place that I knew to be alone, oftentimes the case right on a crowded college campus, I found the only place to be alone and that was my dorm bathroom. Mm. And on that Sunday afternoon of the retreat, I got down on my knees and released my hands to the Lord, literally. And I just one finger imagery here, one finger at a time, releasing all that I had been holding on to and saying, God, I know that if you loved me enough to send Jesus to die for me, then truly you love me enough to create your best plan in and through my life. And so no more, no more games, no more fighting, no more bargaining. My life is yours. And I have never regretted that decision. Wow. That's amazing. What a testimony of just of God's pursuit of you and just your willingness to trust him. And I know that's just the beginning because I know there's a lot of other parts to this story in your life. Right. Because shortly after that, I met and fell in love with a handsome blue eyed football player. And as a cheerleader, one loves football players anyway. Uh, And I met Larry and his proposal to me was, will you go with me in helping to reach the world for Christ? Mm -hmm. And my yes to him certainly had been preceded by my yes to God of anything, anytime, anywhere. Wow. So you right now, what, live in Cincinnati, correct? That is correct. Yes. And um, I know just as we kind of talk, I'd love to hear a little more about just the the different chapters of your life. But um, so you and your husband are still with Crew. Is that right? Oh, yes. yes. And we are with Church Movements. Okay. And uh, in fact, are just thrilled with the ethos of this part of, of Cruise Ministry. It is so similar to what the organization that we joined back in, you know, in the late 70s. The ethos of win, build, and sin is so prominent in this in this ministry. And we have found a really meaningful and special place here. And we have, oh, I could tell you a lot about church movements, but we have three audiences and one metric. And if you want to know more, just ask me. It is just a meaningful and really relatively new. Uh, part of of a ministry within crew. Okay. Well, let's dive into what your top five Clifton strengths are. And I think even as kind of I back up, as I started following your blog, it's just been just so encouraging to hear you um, put into words, just things, things that matter of living intentionally, like you say, for the great commission. And I have loved just seeing your purposefulness. And it, like I said, I didn't know you and I started reading your blog. And so it's fun just to, to have you here today and to get a little glimpse into who you are and just what's driven you and how your strengths have really been. I mean, who you are has been the the bedrock of how God's using you. And so I'd love just to hear what your top five Clifton strengths are and what your journey is about knowing them and what you enjoy about them. And just a little bit about what that looks like in your life. 
Well, I, I appreciate that question, and I am a huge fan, one who is deeply grateful for Strength Finders. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, um, yes, let me answer, the, first of all, that my strengths are futuristic, maximizer, individualization, positivity, and learner. And I, I will say, in my history of uh, almost 50 years of being on staff with Campus Crusade, crew. This organization has done so much to train and develop its staff. Staff care is really a value that's lived out inside of crew. And so training and personal development has been something that has been made uh, available to me. Yet over all the years of the different types of strength analysis, analyses that have been um, brought into my life, this one has become my most favorite. Mm. And I think it is because it's so user-friendly. And before I met and had this conversation with you, Barbara, if you listened in on other conversations with women, you would hear me telling them about Strength Finders. It is just a high five. And uh, I keep coming back to it as new opportunities possibly come into my life. It's just a tremendous tool. Yes. So it, it has not been something I've known. Hard, I haven't even known about this in its full explanation, even for a decade. And so I'm still learning, even as I learn about strength finders. Mm. Yeah. So tell me like futuristic. I know I've, I've talked with hundreds of people and teams and I I haven't counted how many have futuristic, but the the list is really short. And so especially, you know, I could kind of look up and see what your strengths were because you're in the database with crew of people that have done this assessment. And so that intrigued me, but then also just seeing the whole mix of your, your strengths was um, just, just confirming because it's like, I know that you and your husband have really just led the charge in reaching the people on the other side of the world. So tell me what futuristic it looks like for you and kind of even have you seen that your whole life or? Well, I find it an intriguing term and I would not have known that Larry and I both shared that term as our top strength had we not both done strength finders. Mm -hmm. But it makes a lot of sense now as to why our dinner table conversations can go to the subject of how to reach every man, woman, boy, and girl mm. with the good news. It, it, it explains why we can be on a walk and look at what lies ahead, mm. not because we find ourselves discontent with where we are, but we see the potential of how today connects with tomorrow, connects with next week, connects with next year. And so it's not, I don't find it being a description of long range planning as much as long range vision. Mm. And it is a delight to get up every day knowing what God has called one to do. And it is to help fulfill a great commission until he calls me home or until he comes back. To me, that's futuristic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like for me, I have adaptability and 
it's, I don't have future. I mean, I don't have the strengths that are as much forward thinking, even though that is in my repertoire, but just knowing for you, as you and your husband, like you say, both have it in that just naturally you both are thinking ahead. You're thinking of, like you say, reaching the world and people in it. And I'm sure it has its ramifications just in your planning and your home and just what you impart to your children and your grandchildren. I don't know. I just love that. Thank you. Maximizer. Maximizer. People love to get the most out of situation, go from good to great or care for excellence. What does that look like in your life? Again, you know, this is a conversation that I would enjoy having with you. Um, going forward, because I listen to you, Barbara, and I learn more. So let's not just make this a one-time conversation. How about that? Okay, yeah. I want to learn what you're offering here, as as you know so much about it. But to me, I I remember growing up with a a framed quote, I think it was Lord Chesterfield, that uh, hung in our kitchen, and it was trying to make the best better. Mm. And to me, when God gives an opportunity, it is. It warrants one's whole investment. If one says yes, then it bears attention and uh, research, contribution to truly be a good steward of that opportunity. However, I have had to learn GEMO, good enough, move on. Mm, and yes. it, it, it those two need to go together. Otherwise, one never releases the opportunity. One just holds it and clings to it. But um, those are some of my thoughts about Maximizer. Give it the best you've got in the power of the Holy Spirit and walk away again, releasing it to God to bear fruit for his kingdom, What whatever that might be. Yeah. How, how does that fit in with what you know about Maximizer? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think... Um, Maximizer is one of the strengths, along with focus, that intensifies any of the other talents that a person has. So it kind of helps put all of them a little more on steroids a little bit. So just even as you can stop and think about, oh, how does my maximizer really intensify my positivity or my learner or the other strengths? So... You're great at what you do, by the way. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's one of my strengths too. And that's, I think, a lot of what drives me in this and wanting to help anyone really be the best that they can be. So, well, individualization, these people see the uniqueness and the value of each person. What does that look like for you? Well, I delight in people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think people are really fun. And I think women have so much to give to each other and a cup of coffee and and, and a a kind soul just stir my heart to think about sitting down with her and listening to her. Um, And I think perhaps it would be like going to the library and pulling off of the shelf an autobiography and reading it. Mm. That's what 
a cup of coffee with a friend or a young mom. Oh my goodness, my heart goes out to young moms just to sit and listen to her and have her articulate what her day is like and, and how hard it can be. And and yet then to see another hand, a young professional just embrace a new opportunity because she just got a promotion. Every single person has a story. Mm-hmm. And that story is just so rich and wonderful. And I benefit tremendously from listening and learning. Um, that's what I think of with individualization, the joy of life, because life is filled with people. Mm, that's great. That's awesome. Positivity. Positivity. It's just fun and sees um, just the, the, the greatness of whatever situation's going on. What's it like for you? It, to me, I think I would say John 10, 10, Jesus really did say, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that it might be full mm. and meaningful. And, I, you know, Barbara, the Bible is not just a good suggestion. It really is God's word. And when, when the Holy Spirit highlights something in one's life, it just takes on exponential meaning. Mm-hmm. And I embrace that description of what Jesus has for me. Now, granted, it does mean full and abundant with problems and heartaches and disappointments and roadblocks. Yes, I, I acknowledge that. But I enjoy embracing each new day and each new opportunity and each new relationship as a true gift um, from God. It's it's a positive life he has given us. Um, And I live with someone who enjoys a positive outlook on life as well. And it's not an outlook that is learned because of, quote, positive thinking. Remember, we grew up in a day when that was... um, advocated just yes you know the power of positive thinking and though that is a powerful term I'm not negating that this this is not what I mean it is positivity because of who we know the mm-hmm. Lord our God and and what he has equipped us with his Holy Spirit and how he says in Ephesians 2:10 for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that means he really does have a plan for my day. He really does have um, plans of welfare and not calamity for me. So that's what it's um, it's a privilege. I feel like to be positive. It's a gift, you know, um, he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That, that's positive, isn't it? It is, yes. You know, and it doesn't ignore the fact that I can just sob you mm-hmm. know, when my heart is broken. I can lament. And I can be disappointed and crushed in spirit. It's not negating those realities. But somehow coming back to his word and finding his bigger picture to right. me includes positivity. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I know even just as I've been reading Psalms a lot lately, just the reminder of, you know, giving thanks, giving thanks and um, in so many things in every situation. And I remember one time at a seminar, I asked somebody, 
that had positivity, like, what do you enjoy about your positivity? And she goes, well, it's biblical. And it was just like, oh yeah. I mean, just like you've just reiterated it's even though we can know that, but I think even we're commanded to give thanks and to be positive. I mean, it it's a mixed thing, like you're saying. It's not like we deny the hard things, but just to to give thanks and to see the joy and the gifts in each day. And I think one has to be careful. And, and I wrote a blog on this. Well, at least, you mm-hmm. know, because I think when we're speaking with someone who is in the midst, they're sitting on our back porch, they've walked in with their dog and they hardly made it, you know, from the other side of the neighborhood because life is so hard. And mm-hmm. then you, you have this person sit down and she starts pouring out her heart. One is not called to disregard that. One is not called to trample on that difficulty or sorrow, you know, that, that she is experiencing. Um, and, and one is not called to say, well, at least you mm-hmm. could still walk here today. That, that's what I mean. The well, at least can get in the way. And I think uh, God calls one with positivity to grow, to understand uh, others who do not have that that as a strength and to yeah. appreciate what their strength would be that could help me grow uh, in compassion and um, kindness, you know, toward, yeah. toward that situation. That's great. Well, then learner, your last strength, love to read, learn th- new things every day. And tell me about learner for you. Well, if there if there are bookends to Strength Finder for Debbie, mm-hmm. it would be that wow, I did not know or understand futuristic. That makes so much sense. And then the other bookend, I did not know or understand learner. But mm-hmm. this helps me embrace Psalm one thirty nine that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I my soul knows that very well. And learner again, is an adventure. To be a learner is to be one involved in an adventure. And I I like to see what God brings my way and how I need to learn to embrace that opportunity if it coalesces with his will, you know, for me and inside of me. And for sure, Barbara, learner and writing Mm -hmm. have come to be a part of the second half of my adult life, um, so to speak, on the back nine of the golf course. Yeah. I um, Would you like to talk about that some? Because Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. I know we're, we're kind of hitting on a lot of different things and we have lots, lots to unpack. But yes, I'd love to hear about Learner. And I know even as I look at your blog, I just love the page of books on the bookshelf and just it got stirred me up to to want to dig into a lot of those books you'd mentioned some I'd read but yes tell me about your learner and how you love learning thank you it is a joy to learn I enjoy learning I have an appetite for learning and often it goes with maximizer you know I need to learn in order to maximize the opportunity of mm-hmm. helping to fulfill the Great Commission, of living out the greatest commandment. Uh, what, what, would, what would be needed to see the waterfront broaden to honor the Lord with what he's brought my way? And um, 
I never saw myself as a writer. I never dreamed of having my name on the front of a cover, of a book cover. But there was a day in Eastern Europe when I was working, mentoring, uh, training uh, wives of leaders, people that were going to be taking over the ministry uh, one day. And I wanted to see these women equipped. And so I was teaching them different things that the Lord had taught me. And people began to ask, have you considered a book? And I, no, no. And finally, the day came when I said, okay, God, this question is coming up so often. I don't want to be a part of lighting my own fires. I remember being taught that by Edith Schaefer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of lighting my own fires. But if you want me to write a book, if you're bringing this opportunity, I want to say yes, but I have to know it's from you. And Barbara, the next day, this was when we were living in Budapest, I uh, opened my Bible in my McShane reading plan for that day, and it was Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 30 says, the things I have said to you, put in a book. Mm. And I just laughed. I thought, wow, well, I believe you have made that clear to me, God, but I don't know how to write a book. I have to learn. Mm-hmm. So I began going to writers conferences and at a writers conference, I met an agent and the agent says, well, if you are going to uh, publish a book, you need to start blogging. Barbara, I did not know. I mean, you can go on YouTube and learn how to blog uh-huh. or you can follow other bloggers and learn how to blog. So all of this has incorporated what is one of my greatest passions, and that is communication, mm. you know, because all that's going to last is God, God's word and people. And right. each of those involve communication. And so where the one is speaking or writing, it comes together that we need to learn how to relate um, in the spheres and arenas that our culture involves today. So it has been, and and I often say, I'm the walk-on. I Mm. did not get the scholarship, and I always have to work harder. I did not, I did not major in communication or journalism, Mm -hmm. or media, and I really do have to work hard with writing, and then with writing blogs. But it, when I close the door to my study here and begin to talk with God and begin to craft uh, with words, I must say from Eric Little, I feel his pleasure. Mm. And so it's it's for this season that he has orchestrated such, but it has demanded that I be a learner. And yes, I've got a whole stack of books, but you may have another question before I go to that stack of books. <laughs> um, yes, I let's get back to your stack of books. I would love even as you've referred to just your life in Eastern Europe, uh-huh. kind of, um, I know we're like got a lot, lot to talk about, <laughs> but just how you got there, how, what was the call? What was the timing? What was that journey like? And I know you were there for a long, long time. And one of your books is about that. You're exactly right. And it's a story that It's a story that brings great joy to me because I remember being in a baby nursery in Warsaw, Poland and telling the Lord, you're doing so many amazing things and no one even knows. It was as if the glory of God had been closed behind a closet door because the 
1977, Barbara, our organization crew asked Larry and me to go and live covertly, to live a, um, a double life behind the Iron Curtain. And this uh, pioneering assignment focused on starting a clandestine grassroots ministry of evangelism and discipleship. And really and truly, it was the bitterly cold days of the frigid Cold War. And for our parents, a death would have been easier. Mm-hmm. But emboldened by a very clear calling, an unmistakable calling from God, and a realization that the safest place for us to be was the center of his will, regardless of where that was, we we set our faces like Flint, walked down a jetway, turned and waved goodbye, and walked into the future that God had for us. And in the in the weeks and years to come, marvelous saints joined us in in responding also to God's call on their lives. So other uh, internationals and then certainly other Polish people that we were living in and among, particularly students. Um, But by God's grace and favor, the grassroots ministry, we, we were setting up a beachhead first in Krakow and then again in Warsaw. And this, uh, this, was really becoming a reality, winning, building, and sending, winning, building, and sending very much under the radar from the authorities. But two years into that assignment, I had a newborn, and we were in our home in Warsaw, Poland. I was upstairs by myself in the baby nursery. Larry had taken the busy, energetic toddler, our daughter, uh, to the park to play for much-needed fresh air. And in the nursery with this baby, I was in this conversation with God thinking, Lord, you are doing so many amazing things and no one even knows, you know, because we did not, we didn't have prayer letters. We didn't, we weren't allowed to do newsletters and uh, speak to missions committees from behind the iron curtain. The communication was something that had to be very guarded rather than publicized. And so in this context, I felt like God was doing so much that the world didn't know about. And in my bemoaning this to the Lord, it was as if his glory had been shoved into a closet, the door slammed, Mm. and there we were. We were having front row seats to things the prophets of old had longed to see, but no one else knew. And Barbara, the Lord spoke to my heart in a unique way, And he said, Debbie, you do what I've called you to do today. You take care of this baby. And the day will come when you can tell my story. Mm. And so I always feel like, like in the conversation that you and I are having, or like in the recent student retreat, the Lord opened up as an opportunity or with a women's Bible study, wherever I have a chance to speak about what we're talking about today. I feel like I am standing on holy ground because the day has come to tell his story. Mm. And that's what this book is, Pulling Back the Iron Curtain Stories from a Cold War Missionary. It's a collection of 40 stories of what it was like uh, to be a mom, to be a missionary mom, yeah, to be uh, on assignment uh as a clandestine missionary. And um, the greatest joy of my heart is seeing 
one of the greatest joys of my heart is seeing that God is has chosen this time to give me the privilege to tell his story. Because, you know, too, I realized um, there were two themes, always two themes. What God was doing behind the iron curtain, but Barbara, what God was doing behind the curtain of my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, growth is is a high value to me. And he, I needed to grow. I needed to grow up. I needed to change. I needed to uh, become more like Jesus and less like myself. So there were always two themes of God's mm. work. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I've, I've loved um, starting to read the book, and it's just, I just can't put it down. It's just so, like you say, it's like holy ground. Just hearing just the different stories, and I know just as a reader. Um, I just can't imagine some of some of those amazing moments that you had, the people that God brought in your path. And I would love to hear even uh, two things, but even as you think about your strengths, I know you were, you were in a different season with your children young at home, but even how did you have glimpses of God using how he made you to be and what you're wired to do and what you're passionate about? What were some of those um, encouraging moments as you were on the other side of the world in a difficult place and having to to not talk about what you're doing or maybe a certain person that you think, oh, wow, that, that was an amazing opportunity with this person? It's um, my mind goes many different places to answer that question. And I think probably what made The biggest difference was that God showed me how ultra important it was to spend time alone with him every day. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the verse that says he himself has taught you because there were so many support options and resources uh, that we just either did not have access to or could not bring in. Mm-hmm. And so my time alone with the Lord was of utmost importance. And Larry, God be praised, Larry would take the children and feed them breakfast in in that season of our lives so that I could be alone with the Lord. And we also arranged that one morning a week, somehow uh, I would pack up and leave home and go and sit in a coffee shop. There were times where restaurants did not have the, the menu that one would see in these countries today, but the uh, the economic situation was so grave that there were there were not you know there were not full menus, but there was always rich, bold, strong coffee and absolutely fabulous black tea. So I would take books and uh, journal and and just sit and be alone with the Lord as a young mom, Barbara. That made all the difference in the mm. world. But again, it was teamwork, working together uh, with a husband who had a conviction that I was that we played doubles. He really wanted to see that I was nurtured spiritually and that I was allowed to bring to the table who God had had, had built me to be. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted very much to invest in the lives of our children. I didn't want to be a part of winning the world and losing our family. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as much as our family means all that it does to me simultaneously, I didn't believe that God had called us to have the family as an idol. So with those two 
those two commitments, those two convictions, we would um, sit down and plan how we were going to live out the next six months and how we would live out the next 18 months. And we would make, I mean, because Larry could have traveled 24 Mm seven in those days. And um, yet we planned where and when, and if there was to be an exception, we would both agree on that plan. Uh, this is far, probably far more information than, than you wanted, but we had to work really hard in that season of life to embrace the opportunity he had given us, mm-hmm. continue growing, and not be at the other end of it wondering, why did we do life like that? Right. So we, we, we sought to be intentional with the way we live life, which, as you know, has, has come to be the... Uh, the mantra that God has given me. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Living with eternal intentionality. Mm-hmm. I need to think, I need to think for myself in a way that I understand my thinking. That mm-hmm. that may sound counterintuitive, but I need to understand what God is asking of me. And in order to in, then encourage other women to see this as something perhaps God could use for them. But living with eternal intentionality means today matters. My choices have a place in eternity, not by way of pressure, but Mm -hmm. by way of opportunity. And so anytime I speak, uh, anytime I am given an opportunity, I want whatever, whatever place that woman finds herself, wherever she finds herself in her spiritual journey, I want her to be encouraged to take the next step toward living with eternal intentionality. Again, it comes back to today matters. Yes. And my opportunity to change, to grow, to confess, to regroup, to get input, to get help. It's all about living with eternal intentionality. And you heard me say this, all that's going to last for eternity is God, God's word and people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to invest my life. And I want to be living in the power of the Holy Spirit, living out the greatest commandment while simultaneously I help to fulfill the Great Commission. So that's why living with eternal intentionality is, is, um, it, it is a calling that God has customized for, this, for my heart for this time in life. And it means... Intimacy with Jesus, authenticity with others, a passion for one's calling, and a purpose for one's influence. And just growing in increasing crescendo based on the age stage season of a woman's life. Mm, That's awesome. Well, I could just sit and listen to you all day long. So many amazing um, nuggets of wisdom. And yeah, I just love how you just keep our eyes on, like you said, what's what matters, living for eternity. Um, as I was reading your blog, even this week, um, I loved your post about Thanksgiving. And I can you tell a little more about that and about um, memorizing Psalm 103? Just... I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Well, thank you. And I think Psalm 103 is a Thanksgiving Psalm, don't you? Yes. Um, and I think, I mean, Barbara, I don't have many regrets in life. I bet you don't either. But 
you know, we just don't live life looking in the rearview mm-hmm. mirror. But one of my regrets is that I did not begin sooner hiding God's word in my heart. Um, but I came across a book by a precious woman by the name of Janet Pope, and she wrote a small book called Hiding God's Word, and it's a life changer. Well, and- she's who discipled me at Auburn. <laughs> And I had her on my podcast when I first started, so I'll have to put the link on that in in the show notes. But yes, I know Janet well. Well, then you know where I'm going with this. She celebrates any verse that someone learns. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about memorizing. It is about hiding God's word in your heart. And that slight turn of wording And that different trajectory has changed my life. And so Psalm 103 is, um, it has 22 verses. And I believe if someone chooses to start and learn one verse per day, by the time you reach Thanksgiving, you will be a far more thankful person. Because it talks about who God is and why we uh, can celebrate His forgiveness and his healing and his uh, person to us. Hmm. Yes. And so I just, I I have to write about the things that I feel strongly about. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Well, um, I would love even just to hear kind of as we wrap up, like a little bit more, like you've talked about the great commission, but I know you, uh, you kind of live by that, but also the great commandment. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I will. I will. And those have become uh, the two bookends of my life right now, the greatest commandment and the greatest and, and the great commission. And I do believe that the two go beautifully hand in hand. And yet it was probably when my children were growing up, I, I did not set out to live inside of the greatest commandment that uh, I believed it, but I have dropped, I've dropped anchor there and I'll be there for life now. But it was in the season when, when our children were growing and you know, Barbara, teenagers want real answers. They want authenticity. They want vulnerability. They don't want fluff formulas and they will give you a lot of feedback. And so I remember in that season of my life coming to the Lord and saying, God, I cannot leave my children where I have not walked. And so I want you to work in such a way that I am right where you want me to be, doing what you want me to be doing, and really, most of all, embracing and and growing in my relationship with you. And I want authenticity and vulnerability to be at the core of my being. And Barbara, God took me to the greatest commandment. And I love how it's laid out in Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Now, granted, we are not compartmentalized. We are holistic. And yet in that particular uh, gospel, Jesus lays it out in such a way that one can grasp, grab hold to each of those words and make us a lifetime of study. And what, you know what we do? We go, love the Lord your God with all your strength, don't we? We get so busy giving to God that really, I believe he wants us to love him 
with our hearts and with our souls and with our minds. Thus, the strength is an overflow. And so um, that's why I love that passage. And I check my life. You know, I'll go back, Lord, how how is this going right now? Heart and soul and mind. And, and it really places so much emphasis on the value of one's mind, which then fits with Janet Pope's teaching mm-hmm. on hiding God's word in your heart. Because if we don't take every thought captive, we're taken captive uh, as a prisoner of war. Much, much about that feeds me. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I mean. Mm, that's awesome. Well, I know we could talk and talk and talk about so many things, but um, I would love if you want to sh- tell how people could get a hold of your books and sign up for your blog, what would that look like? Oh, thank you. Uh, Amazon carries Pulling Back the Iron Curtain, Stories from a Cold War Missionary. It's published by Morgan James. And then prior to that was this uh, you, this book that I told you was it came out of um, seminars that I was teaching the leader's wife, but specifically the byline to that is Living with Eternal Intentionality. Mm-hmm. And it is that's published by uh, Ambassador Publishers. Both are available on Amazon. Uh, two very different experiences in writing them, and two different experiences in the audiences that want one or the other when one goes to um, to speak. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my blog, yes, is Living with Eternal Intentionality. You can get it with Debbie, DebbieThompson.com, but just make sure you spell De- Debbie with a Y or it won't take you to the right location. Okay. DebbieThompson.com, Living with Eternal Intentionality. And I would welcome feedback. I would love to know what what others would want us to talk about in, in those arenas and what could be helpful, what contribution I could make, what suggestions would uh, be appropriate in such a way that it could be better. You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. I want it, I want it to, to be helpful yes. that a woman could go the next step wherever she is mm-hmm. in her spiritual journey, the next step in living with eternal intentionality. Well, Debbie, this has been just such a delight. I just love getting a glimpse of just your amazing life, just your yieldness to the Lord, of your yes to following Him, like since you were in third grade. And it's just such a gift to have this conversation with you. And I I know that um, the things you say will be encouraging, hopefully inspiring to those that listen. But I have one last question what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Oh, Barbara, what a great question. <laughs> what a great question. Okay. Immedi- in the immediate past, God gave me the opportunity of all opportunities to speak to the crew fall retreat here in Cincinnati Metro Student Ministry. And our crew staff has oh. done such a good job. They are moving along. They have a momentum. And they are seeing God meet them with students. And when they asked me to come speak, Barbara, I said, do you realize that that I will be 73 years old when this mm-hmm. tr- retreat occurs? And yet you are in, you're asking me, oh, I felt 
so humbly privileged because this type of environment changed my life back as a student. And so it was just the sweetest of gifts from the Lord to have that opportunity to speak to them four times. And then there was a question and answer session. And of course, in all of that, one gets to share the greatest of all good news, and that's the gospel. So that's very recent. But in the little bit of a distant past, I have been asked to speak at our um, Christian school for the chapel for grades four, five, and six. And our grandson was in the audience. Oh. And I was able to, it was a gym, 250 students. And I, I walked into that. I gave them what God I felt like had given me to prepare and to present. It ended, the bell rang, they all ran off to class. And I turned to give the sound equipment, right, back to those that were in charge, to the technicians, to the organizer, thinking and just taking a deep breath. We had, we had landed it. And Barbara, I turned around to leave the building and they are waiting on center court for me to finish was my grandson. And he came to me with his arms open and he said, Gammy, you just did great. And of all the joys that one could ever experience, that ranks as one of the top. So there you go. That brings a smile to my face. That is a big smile. Brings a little tear to my eye too. That's so sweet. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. This has been a privilege. Thanks for making time to chat with me today. With joy. God be praised. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.